It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine, coming to you live from Paul Brown Stadium. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see the uprights in the background, a bit of the field in the background. Really nice, really nice backdrop for James Rapine. The field where the Bengals put a hurting on the Pittsburgh Steelers. 30 points in the first half, hitting that James Rapine threshold. And with some help from the defense, I thought they were going to do it on offense. They were getting ready to do it on offense. Joe Burrow threw a, a pretty bad pick that we can forgive and forget in a game. The Bengals won by 31 points, was it? But uh, Mike Hilton. It was 31 in the first half, not even 30. It was. It was indeed. And Mike Hilton helping the cause, helping the Bengals get there with a the pick six of Ben Roethlisberger. And Trey Hendrickson didn't take credit in his post-game press conference, but absolutely impacted Ben Roethlisberger on that play, bull rushing the Steelers' left tackle right into Ben's lap. Couldn't really step into it, didn't get much on it, and Mike Hilton was able to undercut it for, apparently, his first pick six at any level in his football history, going back to Pee Wee, according to Hilton. Yeah, it was crazy. Like, one, crazy that that happened because – Look, I know it was 24 to 3, but we've been there. We I've been at Paul Brown Stadium where you're up three scores and the Bengals are coasting and oh well, now there's an interception and then the Steelers go down and score and then they get the ball out of halftime and suddenly it's a game. And not that I thought it was going to unravel like that after Burrow's interception, which uh, but Hilton said, "No." No, no, no. I'm going to take this all the way. And you're right. Hendrickson uh, impacted that play. He's uh, exceeded my expectations, which because I, I didn't really know what to expect from him. Honestly, I know they paid him a lot and I know what he did last year in New Orleans. But man, I mean, double digit sacks, a sack in seven straight games. My man's a baller and uh, good for Mike Hilton. The only the only thing I feel bad about with the Mike Hilton pick six, the revenge six uh, as I decided to, to coin it right now, uh, is uh, the fact that he he dropped the ball out of excitement and he held his arms up and he doesn't have the he, he couldn't find the ball he didn't know where it went so he doesn't have the ball so someone find him the damn ball uh, he did get a game ball though so that makes up for it a bit 
He did say. He said, "I got a game ball, so so it's okay. I'm good." And and game balls went to the players that had takeaways, if I heard correctly, and to Joe Mixon. And let's spend a minute on Trey Hendrickson real quick before we talk about some of these other topics that that are pertinent in this game. Trey Hendrickson now has, in the way PFF counts sacks, twelve sacks, and the way the NFL counts sacks and the official sack listing, ten and a half sacks. He has sacks in nine of the Bengals games which is, and as you mentioned, seven in a row. He's got three forced fumbles this year. According to Next Gen Stats, he has five pressures that led to a takeaway, be it an interception or or a fumble okay. caused by yep. himself. Today he had three, according to Next Gen Stats. I, I could clearly think of two. I don't, I'm not sure if I know what the third one is, but really nice game for Trey Hendrickson. And that's two weeks in a row that he has made some very splashy plays. He had the strip sack last week as well as the sack fumble. wasn't really a strip as much as this week was a strip sack. So Trey Hendrickson for the lukewarm reception he got, right? I, I remember that day very well, the, the first day of free yeah. agency. I was upset that the Bengals lost Carl Lawson. We, we made a video like, oh man, they, they lost Carl Lawson and, and now they're scrapping and, and they're going to overpay Trey Hendrickson. And that was the fear with that signing is that they had overpaid a guy who was a product of his surroundings more than he was creating for himself. And I think we can, at least for now, put that idea to bed because he is the creator on this defensive line. He does have help like BJ Hill, another really nice game, extend BJ Hill, hashtag extend BJ Hill. Uh, but Hendrickson is the creator on this defensive line. And so he's doing it without a Cam Jordan. He's doing it mostly by himself. There, there are some other contributors, like I said, but shout out Trey Hendrickson, certainly exceeding lukewarm expectations, a lukewarm reception. And I mean, just watching his press conference, he's such a likable guy, James, like so, so professional, so uh, humble, crediting his coaches, crediting and crediting his teammates nonstop. I mean, not only likable, but productive, really, really nice to see the free agent signing working out. Yeah, working out to the like best case scenario, right? I feel like you know, ten and a half sacks uh, after twelve games and uh, or eleven games, excuse me, after twelve weeks. I everybody would have signed up for that. I mean, he's just playing at a really, really high level. And and credit the defense. I mean, the fact that we've gone six minutes without talk, talking about Joe Mixon, I promise we'll get to him and we'll get to the offense. But we don't give. And, and naturally, I just think you like that. It's easier to talk about the offense. People like hearing about the offense. I'm glad we led with the defense because I was pretty hard on them after that Browns game. And, and coming out of the bye, I was like, look, this defense is what I thought they were coming into this year. And they're not that good. And they have one guy who can get pressure. And the linebackers are questionable. And they've had some injuries now. And, and I just went on and on and on. I get it. Ben Roethlisberger looks washed. Was awful today, but that defense gave them no hope, no hope. They didn't allow Deontay Johnson to get deep outside of a, a nice adjustment by Chase Claypool, Claypool on the one play. And you know Eli Apple is playing better. That interception was nice, and it was obviously a miscommunication with Ben Roethlisberger and Chase Claypool. Ben tries to go back shoulder, it looked like, and Claypool keeps running. Um, but still, Eli Apple back to back weeks with an interception. I think this defense is good. I don't think they're great. I think they're good. And when they play an offense like the Steelers that 
really wants to run the bar. They're hoping to run the bar. They're hoping to get the ball to a, a playmaker or two. And to me, it was 18 Deontay Johnson and Najee Harris. Those are the two that they, in a perfect world, would get going. Neither one really got going. Neither one really had an impact. Part of that had to do with Ben Roethlisberger being bad, Mike Tomlin being afraid to go for it on fourth down. But part of it had to do with the, this Bengals defense. So credit to the defense. They deserve it. I apologize for underestimating you. Who knows? Maybe next week if the Chargers hang 50 on you, I'm going to underestimate you again. But I actually think you guys are pretty good uh, as a collective. And uh, Trey Hendrickson, Eli Apple. I mean, ha- Eli Apple's getting praise from me. Eli Apple. Everyone hated Eli Apple a couple weeks ago. What uh, what a good story he's been over the past few weeks. And he's still been up and down, but he has the two big picks to show for it. And so you take that when he's not for a sure. guy you were planning on starting at the beginning of the year. He, he's been what they signed him to do, which is a, a suitable fill-in. And the, the one point I'll make about the defense, James, to, to temper your praise, and, and I, I guess I shouldn't probably be doing this because everybody wants to be excited, and, and you should be excited because, you know, the Bengals are 7-4. and four. They've, they've beaten the Steelers three times in a row. All very good reasons to be excited. And we'll talk about Joe Mixon giving you more reason to be excited, in a, as James said, in a few minutes. But the, the Bengals' defense has not really done this against great offenses this year. And this is kind of the way that it goes in the NFL. NFL defensive results are generally, you can be a good defense, but a good offense is often going to beat a good defense, right? And and in the next six weeks, the Bengals play the number three, the number four, the number six, the number 12, 14, and 15 ranked offenses in DVOA. The only teams that they've played so far this year that have an offensive ranking better than 15 or Minnesota, they gave up a bunch bunch of points in that game, and Green Bay, where you know the defense played pretty well against Green Bay, but they also benefited from some missed field goals. So, some big tests coming up starting next week with the Chargers, and then San Francisco in a couple of weeks with their weapons and their running game. So, we'll learn more about this defense, see if they can do this against some good teams. But for now. They've put up two great weeks in a row and have shown that they can consistently handle business against offenses that aren't so good. That being said, Joe Mixon had a great game. Plenty more to talk about in this one and how the Bengals got off to a huge lead and sustained it throughout the game. And we'll get back to offense and Joe Mixon coming up next. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, another for sports highlights, and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. Well, that's not fun. That's not the best way to watch TV and consume entertainment and watch the Bengals beat up on the Steelers. You know what the best way is? Direct TV stream. You can get it all together. Bring all of the entertainment, all of the on-demand favorites, all of the live sporting events together like never before. All you have to do is go to directtv.com and check out Direct TV stream. No more juggling remotes. No more looking for that next device. You can get it all on one device right now. So check them out right now and get rid of the clutter, get rid of the confusion. Direct TV stream at directtv.com. Check them out. Directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. James, I promised the people we would talk Joe Mixon and offense. We both promised it, really. Joe Mixon in this game, 28 carries, 165 yards, 5.9 yards per carry. Running backs matter. He added some catches. He had four catches and unfortunately went for negative yards. He had some negative catches in the in the second half, but really great game for Joe Mixon. And, you know, as James Screen's running backs matter, the Bengals offensive line bullied the Pittsburgh Steelers defensive front in the running game. And yes, mm-hmm. Joe Mixon played well. He had a, a few really nice runs where he created on his own. And I, I'm not taking anything away from Joe Mixon here. He played great. You don't have that kind of game if you're not pretty good at running back most of the time. But the left side of the offensive line in particular in the first half as the Bengals just ran left tackle pretty much left wide zone the entire first half and seemed to average like nine yards per carry on that play until the Steelers sold out to stop it a couple times in the second half. And then Joe Mixon cuts it back and runs with Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow down the right sideline for 30, what, 32 yards. And Mm -hmm. so consistently from start to finish, the Bengals bludgeoned the Steelers in the run game in a bit of a role reversal. If you look back the last 10, 15 years in the AFC North, the Steelers by comparison had 15 carries for 51 yards, Najee Harris, eight carries for just 23. So when you look at the sustained success for the Bengals in the first half of this game where they won time of possession. They had a ton more plays than the Steelers. They were winning the yards per play battle, the first down battle. The Steelers couldn't get anything going. The Bengals were sustaining drives with Joe Mixon. And when Joe Burrow only has to throw 24 passes and he doesn't have to make massive plays, and Joe Burrow was mostly good today besides the pick, and and I'd say that his sacks, uh, he, he bears some responsibility for at least one of them. When you have Joe Mixon and the offensive line playing like this against a, a fairly good run defense, although the Steelers are not what they used to be, that bodes very well, especially when I talk about earlier this really strong Chargers offense coming to town next week. Well, they don't defend the run so well. And so if the run defense, if the run offense is doing what it's done the last two weeks, in terms of game script, this gives the Bengals another weapon. Yeah, it's... It's huge. And the, the thing that impresses me most about this team, I, I think, is they, you know, there's so many people in the media that ask about identity. You know, what's the identity of the offense? And I, someone asked, someone asked uh, one of the players, uh, it, it was on offensive side, I guess it would be, it wasn't Burrow. Either way, it, it was it was one of the offensive players that talked after the game. And um, to me, I don't know if there is one. I think they morph. I think they can win like this. I think they can win with Joe Burrow throwing for 450 yards and outdueling Justin Herbert if they need him to. You know, they, they can spread him out or they, they can go big and, and be this rough and tough team, which I'm not sure they were capable of being a few months ago, by the way. I, I do think that that's part of the, the development of, of how they've been able to uh, get this rushing game going and get this offensive line going downhill and being physical and all of that. But that, that's the thing that I think is going to serve them well. You mentioned all those offenses, and that's the first thing that came to mind is, yeah, well, they're not going to hold teams to 10 points or three points, uh, you know, in those matchups, but they're capable of winning in other ways. And so the thing that I discredited 
defensively at the bye, I was like, oh, yeah, they're just not going to be able to win. Their defense isn't going to do that. Well, they're capable of doing that, but that doesn't mean the offense can't do what it did today or go, and I know they scored 41 as a team, or go hang 40 by airing it out when you need to. And, and that's the uh, th- that's the part that I think we'll see uh, in some of those matchups, that the, they know that they're going to have to score a bunch of points. But getting back to Mixon, I asked him after the game, because to me, Mixon has always been a player where you see the the potential and it's there and he's in the same draft class as, you know, Leonard Fournette and Christian McCaffrey. And I know Fournette's not as good. He's having a really great year in Tampa. Um, Alvin Kamara, you know, all of those guys, Dalvin Cook. I'm not saying Mixon's better than those dudes, but he's playing like I would expect a guy that got paid $12 million per to play in that draft class, which that draft class was so loaded running backs wise. But yeah, I think he's playing the best ball of his career and he's only 25 years old. He said he's entering his prime. I asked him after the game if he thought that, you know, it was the best ball he's ever played. And he said he thinks he's entering his prime. And so that that part's exciting because of all the weapons they have, they have the franchise quarterback. It feels like they can be physical and win in the trenches when they need to. And oh, by the way, maybe we're about to see the best of Joe Mixon. And all of those talks that we've had, and we've said it for years, about Mixon being more talented or underutilized, more talented than the numbers say, and he's underutilized in this and that and this. Well, maybe he's just going to hit it all here, and it's all going to come together. And with Frank Pollock and this offense and uh, Joe Burrow and all these weapons, he's going to end up just running for a buck. I mean, he had 108 yards at halftime or 109 yards at halftime. It was ridiculous. So maybe this is it. Maybe this is what we're going to see as a guy who's capable of running for 100 yards and a half because of what's around him and because he's 25 years old and he's going to get the touches and and he's going to be maximized. His talent will be maximized for the first time in his career. It's important that the Bengals are able to do this when teams want to go too high against them. And, and early in the game, this was happening a little bit. The Steelers were not really playing the run. They're saying, okay, if you can run it, fine. But we think Cam Hayward and Alex Highsmith and TJ Watt and all these guys who didn't do much at all in this game, Cam Hayward had a sack. TJ Watt pissed me off. Uh, you know, all these guys can handle the run, and they couldn't. And, and so Joe Mixon, by the way, James, last three games, six touchdowns, six rushing touchdowns in his last three games. He has 11 this year and i i don't think that this total includes today's game so after today he's closing it on a thousand yards so yeah. statistically speaking he's gonna blow away career yeah. highs i think if he stays healthy and uh if he continues and this running game continues to to work this way and and like i said some of their upcoming teams they're, they're gonna have positive matchups in the running game and as the weather gets colder you know, AFC North football, baby. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Bring it, bring it to other teams, and and then on top of that, they didn't even need Jamar Chase today, James. And and Zach Taylor was asked about this after the game, like you know, teams are taking away Jamar Chase. Well, we don't care because hey, look, T Higgins is going to go moss some backup who can't <laughs> hang with him. You know, I mean, yeah. forty two man, forty two on Pittsburgh tried so hard James in this Pierre. game. James I don't, Pierre. I don't care. He he tried so hard in this hey, game. Don't- Respect James. I mean, I like you. You're you're good, but it, it didn't matter. Like T. Higgins touchdown, <laughs> it looks so easy. And 42 laid out 
and, and gave his entire soul and body of effort and couldn't do anything with T Higgins who had a massive size advantage. So shout out T Higgins, six catches on eight targets, 114 yards and a touchdown nearly had two, which would have been great for my fantasy purposes. I have the Joe Burrow T Higgins stack going, but uh, instead Joe Mixon, the beneficiary there. So if this is the offense and, and it's going to be a little bit more Joe Mixon and, and it's going to be, whatever the the defense gives you as far as wide receivers. Tyler Boyd had a great catch as well. Jamar Chase, when he, yeah, I mean. There's the photo on YouTube, by right? the way. Must. <laughs> Just Anyways. Pierre Pierre's hopeless. But th- what I'm getting at here is the Bengals can can kind of take what you give them, and what you give them is going to be a poison. You have to yep. pick your poison. And if T. Higgins is going to play like this, Good luck because the Bengals are going to score points. Yeah, it's you're right because you, you pick your poison because that person, that player is good enough to beat you because they're that good, right? Yeah. You're talking about the one of the top slot receivers in the league, T. Higgins, who suddenly became underrated, but a lot of people this offseason said was their number one receiver. Even in camp, was their number one receiver. They have one. Why'd they take Chase, right? So it, uh, it's it's a great place to be in. And then, again, the fact that they're showing teams they can win different ways. Back-to-back weeks where Burrow doesn't uh, top the 200-yard mark, where it's just like, okay, you know, I'll take what I'm, I, I've been given. We haven't talked about Burrow yet. We can, uh, and maybe we'll do that next because I thought he had a pretty good day, even though the numbers weren't, uh, weren't astronomical. But first, I got to tell you about Built Bar because Built Bar is the number one protein bar on the planet. We need to send a whole truck of Built Bars to James Pierre so he can recover after getting mossed. Uh, and, and even then, I'm not sure if that's going to help him. And Built Bars are the best. You guys know I love them. But my man is in trouble, especially if you saw that screen grab that we uh, posted on YouTube. And that's uh, a shameless plug to subscribe on YouTube if you haven't. But the reason that Built Bars uh, are so awesome, high in protein, low in sugar, low in calories, and they're covered in 100% chocolate. So they taste like a candy bar, but they fit your macros and you can have them on the go. I brought one with me to Paul Brown Stadium today. It's already gone. It's already gone. Like the Steelers, gone. Uh, the, the difference is, is I'm winning because I had a built bar. And you can too by going to built.com. And right now you're going to save money when you do it just by listening uh, to Locked On Bengals. You're going to get 20% off everything right now with promo code LOCKED20. It's that simple. Lock 20, 20% off everything at built.com. This episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast is also brought to you by Built Bar, your number one spot for all of your sports betting needs this winter. Whether it's the NBA, whether you believe in West Miller, Cincinnati Bearcats, or the Cincinnati Bengals, and, and maybe you're in the player prop world. Jamar Chase, Mac Jones, rookie of the year race, really heating up as Mac Jones is a quarterback. Well, if you still believe in Jamar to finish the season strong, well, maybe Bet Online has some more favorable odds than they did a few weeks ago. You can check it all out at betonline.ag. They've got an updated website. That's great for everybody. It's faster. They've got more props and more odds than ever before, but they're still updated in real time. So they didn't lose that bit of functionality. We've got a 50% welcome bonus for you right now. Use promo code locked on when you sign up. Again, promo code locked on for a 50% welcome bonus 
at betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. James, you talked about Burrow, and I do want to talk about Burrow's game today a little bit. I also want to talk about just some some uh, cathartic things about this game for me and some victory laps from some of the things that I said in our in our pre- preview show. But let's start with Joe Burrow first before we wrap up with takeaways, themes, Mike Tomlin letting Tyler Boyd live in his head rent-free and calling timeouts with 18 seconds left in the game or whatever it was. Joe Burrow finishes today 20 for 24, 190 yards. He had the touchdown. He had the interception. Nearly had two touchdowns. Took a sack that I thought was on him. But generally speaking, he he had two bad plays. The, The red zone sack where he tries to escape out of the pocket the wrong way and eats a sack instead of yeah, I, I think he had a couple options to throw the ball there. If he if he maneuvers in the pocket the right way, could have been a touchdown. At the very worst, you, you should be coming away from that play with an incomplete pass and giving your coach an option. Do I want to go for it? Go for a touchdown on fourth and one from the one yard line. The other one is the interception where he has pressure coming down on his face and he just kind of floats one out there to T. Higgins. I don't know if he thought Minka Fitzpatrick was back there. I, I, I didn't go back and watch the play, but pretty easy pick for Minka pretty bad decision from Burrow but besides those two plays I thought really great accuracy a lot of need to have it throws like third down conversion big time throws Mm -hmm. not necessarily downfield but finding guys quickly processing quickly processing well getting the ball to open players and so those those couple of plays aside Joe Burrow was was quite good and, and maybe forgotten in this game when Joe Mixon runs wild and the defense scores a touchdown and Evan McPherson kicks another 50 yard field goal. Joe Burrow from in clutch situations was mostly very, very good in this game. I mean, he converted a third in what 15, 16 to see Higgins early in the game. And and that keeps the drive going. I mean, these are things that, that are important and that you want your quarterback to be able to do. So yes, you want to see the turnovers cleaned up and, you know, you'd like to see him manage the pocket a little bit better on that play. But why did you think he had a sneaky good game? Because you teased that going into the break as well. Yeah, well, you you kind of hit on it there. He threaded the needle <clears throat> multiple times. Uh, there was one where, and I just had a great angle from where I was, from my vantage point. There was probably four or five defenders, and it was a really tight window throw to T. Higgins over the middle. Um, and, and there was just multiple throws like that. And then you look up, and he's – Uh, You know, 10 of 11 at one point before the interception, he was 14 of 15. Like he's just balling, just surgical. And like, that's, that's the part of it. It, You know, if they needed him today to push it downfield and do that, I think he would have been able to do it. Now, does that, is that what you want to do with TJ Watt on the other side? Probably not. And so that's why they had the game plan they did, especially because they were getting the push. But I, yeah, I, th- I thought he had a good game. I thought they converted. They started four of five on third down. Huge. They scored on all four uh, uh, of their first four possessions. So, you know, outside of the the sack, you're right. That that one, it sucks. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know if they would have gone for it or not. I know a lot of people would just assume they would have, but it's hard to give up that 10 point, you know, a, a chance at a 10 nothing lead with six minutes to go in the first quarter. And then the uh, the interception Look, I don't know why we always seem to have one of those. And, you know, he he, he just – he always seems to have one. And um, 
that could have, much like the one in Baltimore, and it was different circumstances, but that could have let the Steelers back in the game. It didn't, and it gave Mike Hilton a chance to uh, have a career highlight and, uh, you know, the best play of his life, you know, in his mind, uh, or biggest play up to this point. But, yeah, I, I thought he played uh, pl- played really, really well, efficient. And, again, he's showing, oh, you need me to hand the ball off 30 times? I'll do that, and I'm going to be excited because we're going to win. And, and that's the part of it. Real quick, because you mentioned TJ Watt since we're on Burrow, uh, that was BS. And I, Burrow, after the game, said, oh, he was just blocking me. You know, he's going to shrug it off. No, that's BS. And I don't want to cuss because I know some listen with little ones in the car. But uh, I certainly feel like that was the most ridiculous thing ever. And shout out to Quentin Spain for uh, for defending him. And uh, the fact that TJ Watt thinks that that's clean or whatever, it's ridiculous. It was ridiculous. DJ Walt was frustrated because he didn't really get a chance to pass rush much in this game. He had to play run defense and they were getting bullied. And also they were running away from him quite a bit. They they were going left side quite often early in this game. But despite all that, I, I would say that we should talk probably injuries offensive line. Um, Riley Reef left the game with an ankle injury. He didn't come back. Zach Taylor said he thought he could have played in an emergency situation, but didn't have details. So Got to monitor Riley Reef. He's a tough guy. He's a veteran. I think he knows how to take care of his body. We'll see. There's a Bosa coming to town next week with the Chargers. So you hope Riley Reef gets healthy because they face another really good pass rusher. And TJ Watt, they had a good plan for him today. They had a lot of double teams. They had a lot of early chip help. That's something that I talked with Mike about in our film review last week. So they did a good job neutralizing TJ Watt for the most part in this game. Uh, the other offensive lineman to leave with an injury was Trey Hopkins. Got rolled up on a little bit on a Joe Mixon run. I thought his ankle was like dislocated. It looks like his foot was pointing the wrong way on TV. Turns out he was okay, according to Zach Taylor. No ankle injury. It was listed as a knee, and mm-hmm. he said he was fine. So seems like they got out of this one relatively unscathed with injuries. We'll find out a little bit more later in this week. Uh, but a couple things I want to hit on before we get out of here, James. One, I said Ben Roethlisberger would give the Bengals chances in this game. I think I was right, and I'm just patting myself on the back for that. And two, uh, I, I do think that despite Mike Tomlin's theater of calling timeouts and keeping his starters in the game to not quit, the Steelers did quit. They threw it behind the, the line of scrimmage on a third and ten before yeah. the Bengals pulled their starter. So, mm-hmm. I, I mean, the Bengals own the Steelers this year. You love to see it. And uh, I know everybody listening loves to see it. And uh, 41 to 10 in Cincinnati to, to effectively, like, it's very, very hard for the Steelers from here to, to do anything to try to make the playoffs. So, uh, really, really nice win for the Bengals and in the Steeler hater, Jake Vane. To, to really put a downer on the Pittsburgh yeah. Steelers season and potentially Ben Roethlisberger's last season. Yeah, no, I look, this is the first time. What, what year were you born, Jake? I was born in 1988. This is the second time in my life that, yeah. the, that the first, Bengals have beaten the Steelers three times in a row, but first, I don't first, remember the first, first time. One. Yeah. So first time for me, you're old. So that's, you know, that's you, you remember that one or, you know, you're at that's least right. alive for that one. That's right. So, uh, but yeah, it's uh, that part is crazy to me. And uh, one thing, just along those lines, Mike Hilton after the game was asked, like, "Do you think 
that the you know the power shift has fully shifted into the Bengals' favor in this rivalry, and he did without hesitation. He said absolutely, absolutely it has. He he declared it. He said it. And uh, you know when you think about it, like during the Carson years, it was never like oh yeah the Bengals have the upper hand in the rivalry. It was a really good rivalry, but they never had the upper hand. The Andy Dalton years, they never beat him back to back, you know, in the same season. And uh, they uh, they were able to do that. So, yeah, it's uh, it, it has a feeling, a feeling that we haven't felt in uh, in a long time or in my case ever. Yeah. And the Steelers are not good. So there's that. But it, it feels good for the Bengals to sweep the Steelers and make it known. Forty one to ten. The Steelers, not a good football team, even if they are five, five and one, even if they do stick around into the end of the season they're not threatening anybody with this version of ben roethlisberger and uh you know put put the nails in the coffin as it were 41 to 10 for the cincinnati bengals at home first game of a three game homestand next week will be really different a really good offense and a pretty questionable defense in the los angeles chargers coming to town is justin herbert still playing against the denver broncos as we record this episode and We'll start to shift our attention there soon. We're going to have a film review coming up and a lot going on this week as the Bengals stay in the playoff hunt, really help their odds. We'll break down their playoff odds tomorrow, 41 to 10, seven and four, potentially on top of the AFC North, depending on the outcome of Ravens Browns. Until next time, Bengals fans, who day and have a good one. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.